I'm Jude Bautia. And I'm Farida Al-Jindi. And this is the Crime Short Story Podcast. The show where we will narrate the short stories of talented students in their sophomore year of high school. Where we will learn what it means to use vivid details and imagery to visualize a story. More like living it. <laughs> We're late, I implored. Amelia is never on time and has a habit of dragging her feet. I was getting impatient. It was an important business trip and I did not want to be late after all. Not much longer here we were, standing right by the harbor, facing the huge crews awaiting. It would take two, no, three days to reach Clarksville, Australia. I walked in first and Amelia my secretary followed behind. Even though it was early evening, I had to settle down in my room as soon as I could in order to be ready for the business deal I'm having with one of my biggest rival companies. And there I stood, staring at the sign hung up on the door that spelled Wayne Salvatore. I entered the room, parting ways with Amelia and started working right away. Time went by quickly, and before I knew it, I had to be at the meeting. I took my briefcase and started walking towards the bow. The company's boss and I sat down, exchanging words and looking forward to a great deal. (sighs) However, hours and hours of arguing with him brought nothing but rage upon me, and I wished to leave the place at once. Screw the deal. Screw the company. I was once again feeling impatient, and my anger was starting to take over me. I left the bow and headed back to my room as I heard the distant shouts of the CEO behind me threatening to take down my company. Hours later, I'm awakened by an aghast Amelia, knocking violently on my door. Peetishly, I open the door, looking at her frightened face. Uh, the, the, the CEO, she stuttered. What about him? I reply. And before I could ask any more questions, she grasped my arm sharply and dragged me to what I suppose was the CEO's room. And there, on the cold ceramic floor, lay the body of the man I was just exchanging some words with yesterday. A surge of people waited outside the open room, restricted by caution sign tapes all around the threshold. Amelia, alongside cruise line security personnel and I, had to bite the bullet and start examining the atrocious crime scene. Um, two gunshot wounds to the chest, I stated to the man beside me, before I quickly stood up and looked away from the dead corpse that was next to me. I'm aware that this man ignited a surge of anger in me last night, but holy God, this was incredulous. Who could possibly do such a thing? I left the room after hours of incessant inspection and interrogation. I began to feel drowsy, and knowing that a long night was ahead of me, I decided to reward today's work with a drink at the cruise's fine bar 
I place my blazer on the top rail of my seat and glance at the mesmerizing sight of a crisp circle in the bloody sky, illuminating a quivering path across the water. It's bathed the ocean's meek waves and the wispy clouds in a burning red. Ayong Swede interrupts my circle of thought by rudely taking a seat next to me. Aha! You were the sensible guy I saw at the crime scene today, eh? He says in an annoying pitch of a tone. Still, dry whiskey with no ice. I ignore the fella and ask the bartender for another glass. As the young boy opened his mouth to breathe another word, I proceeded by, make it Scottish, please. My desire for a tranquilized, lonely night was indeed destroyed, for the Swede persisted to have a chit-chat with me. I was about to leave until he said something outrageous. You, sir, had an unpleasant meeting with Mr. Brett last night, and now he is dead. He continues. I reckon that you seized vengeance for it last night, or who knows, maybe revenge is your passion. He finishes as he shrugs his shoulders, flashing a mischievous smile. <laughs> I scoffed in disbelief. Revenge isn't a passion. It's a disease that eats at your mind and poisons your soul. I gravely reply as I chug the remains of my drink. The young man sedately nods his head and remains silent for the rest of the night. And you know what I love about drawing lines in the sand? With a breath of air, they disappear. I had a hard time resurrecting myself in the morning, for my mind had been on capturing the perpetrator of the mad crimes in the cruise ship. However, lax cruise line security was inhibiting the accomplishment of my goal. But I need not annoy you with impertinent details. I woke up to the sound of someone rapping at my door. It must be Amelia, I thought to myself. She entered my room with a spare key and scolded me for drinking during a business trip. Soon after, we left to get some breakfast. As I rolled up my sleeves, Amelia was swiftly alarmed. Where is your litter bracelet, sir? She asked with a bewildered smile plastered on her face. Um. Well, it made hallmarks on my wrist, so I decided to take it off. I replied with a disarming smile. But you would never take off the bracelet given to you by your deceased wife, she retorted. <sighs> my voice was taut with anger, as she had no right to mention my love, Isabella. I wished to leave the place at once, considering that I had lost my appetite and could not bear being in the same room as Amelia. I unlocked the door and started rummaging through the console table in search of my bracelet. <sighs> Subsequently, I found the bracelet, but the word soulmates was indeed missing an A. I left the room on short notice, while a foreboding feeling never left my shadow. Upon the second I wished to enter the CEO's room, I perceive Amelia and search for something miniature. Perhaps my bracelets, I assume, as she captures the missing A in her hand and is daunted by the new evidence. 
I feel as though I'm hearing police sirens behind me that just don't go away. I wait to be pulled over, but each car goes past me. I always found fear to be my most valuable sense, owing to the fact that it arouses awareness of my surroundings. I recognized her changing behavior, on top of which I was skeptical that she had gathered more evidence against me, but nevertheless, I carried on with my plan. Naive Amelia gave me back the missing A, never to think that I would place it back at the scene of the crime, with her fingerprints all over it. As we left the CEO's room, the Ocean Police reached the cruise. Officers were all over the cruise, some collecting evidence and others interrogating everyone on board. Unfortunately for me, everyone wanted to get themselves off the hook, so they mentioned the quarrel that happened between Mr. Brett and I. However, Amelia didn't have an alibi for the time Mr. Brett was murdered. Therefore, this was going to work out just as I had planned. I passed by the CEO's room and heard the officers talking about the bracelet that I had left earlier. Soon after, an officer approaches her. Amelia Jade, you're under arrest for the murder of Brett Dalton. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. What? No, this can't be right. I didn't do this. Please, believe me. Screamed Amelia as she tried to shake the officer off her. I'll get you out, I promise. I shouted to Amelia to seem supportive, yet knowing that she's probably put the pieces of the puzzle together. As a couple of days passed, I had trouble sleeping. Pangs of guilt kept me awake. I constantly try to forget about what happened, however her sweet smile keeps appearing in my head. Amelia Jade was the most loyal, hardworking, and kindest person, especially after the death of my wife. I'm sorry, Amelia, but believe me, I will be imprisoned in a different cell too. And that's basically a wrap. Hope you guys enjoyed our short story, A Cruise to the Grave. Thank you for listening and vote for us as the best short story.